If you are looking for holistic wisdom and a plan to reclaim your fertility to help you create a healthy family for generations to come, you're in the right place. This is Fertile Minds Radio. Good morning. So today is the last day of our meditation challenge, but hopefully it is not the last day of your meditation practice. So before we dive into the actual meditation, I want to to talk to you guys about how to develop your own practice because it's one thing to just do something for a certain amount of time when we feel like we're challenged by it or we're in a crisis and um, we don't want to feel the way we're feeling. And, and that's how a lot of us come to meditation. But making it a lasting practice is something else that uh, deserves commitment and a little bit of thought as to how to make it work for you. You know, some people will just say, don't overthink it. It's simple. Wake up and meditate. And yeah, that works for some people. But for others, we, we need a little bit more reason behind it and structure. And we need to examine how it's going to fit into our lives because for many people, uh, you're doing way more things than would normally fit in a day. Uh, but if you're somebody that says like, I don't have 20 minutes to myself, then you, in my opinion, you actually need 40 minutes of meditation because <laughs> you need to slow down, right? You, if you can't give yourself the gift of 20 minutes a day, minimum out of, you know, a 24 hour period that kind of deserves some reflection on how you think of yourself, right? And how worthy you think you are of self-care because this is the ultimate self-care to be able to learn to sit with yourself um, and to be able to learn to sit with any emotion that comes and be okay with it and know that you will come out on the other side, right? So finding that rightful place at the seat of your heart that we've been talking about all week um, for me is really the goal of my meditation. Now, when I first came to meditation um, at 19, that was not my goal. That was not my intention. That wasn't my goal for a very long time. My, I, It was after a big trauma. I was at University of Florida and I kind of happened upon um, a Buddhism class with an amazing teacher from that had just transferred in from the UC Berkeley. And, and she had class with us outside and this in a big like open area and taught us how to meditate. Um, and it was, it was really helpful for me at the time to just get a break from the negative emotions. But then, you know, as life got better and I got over my trauma, I of course put down meditation for a while because it wasn't, it wasn't necessary to me functioning like it was at that point. And I see this with a lot of uh, my clients. They'll come and they'll, they'll be willing to do anything to have a child, right? They're, They'll overhaul their diet. They'll come to acupuncture, even though they're deathly afraid of needles. They'll commit to meditating every day. And then they get pregnant or they have the baby and those things go out the window because they haven't developed a solid practice or they go right back into that pattern of everything else matters more than me. Um, and it's really, I have come to look at meditation over the last 20 years as my oxygen mask. Like if I don't put on my oxygen mask, um, 
it's not going to be a great time for everybody <laughs> the longer that that goes on. I might be okay for a couple of days. Um, and I, trust me, I'm a stubborn bull. I have tried to be like, well, I don't need this all the time. And that is not true if I want to be showing up continually in every area of my life as the best version of me. And that's certainly what I want as a partner. It's what I want as a parent. It's what I want as a business leader. It's what I want when I come to you guys. So that's how I have... Um, kind of attached meaning to my practice and made it a non-negotiable. So I hope that you will do, do some of the same after today's meditation and just maybe write a little bit about what these seven days have given you, what kind of change you have seen, and why it's important to keep going with it. And, and maybe even visualize what the difference would be if you continued throughout an entire pregnancy and into being a parent um, in terms of how you would show up as a parent and as a partner, uh, because it's, it is important to, to lead and have all of your interactions from that place within your heart. Um, so that we, you know, we lift each other up instead of being highly reactive, which is just basic human nature, right? We want our needs met and the ego is reactive and it's the pattern. So the more we practice coming out of that pattern, the better it is kind of for everybody around us. Um, so I want to just offer you to find your own way for now and understand that that is going to change as your life changes. So prior to getting married and having this sudden onset of <laughs> four lovely stepsons, um, I had a very deep practice. I practiced two hours a day, once in the morning and once at night. I would do bouts of silence for days at a time. It was quite blissful and um, very ritualized in my life. I mean, I had a, an altar with a meditation room that was like pristine. And, um, you know, I had my ritual that I would go in and do every single day. And it was something that I had kind of unknowingly actually become attached to. I had become attached to that ritual because it provided so much meaning for me. And then when all of a sudden I had a house full of children and a husband and everything literally blossomed like you know it was like going from seedling to huge cherry tree overnight um i found that it it was difficult to maintain that type of practice and you know when i came to my teacher about it he basically laughed at me and was like oh this is where your work actually begins <laughs> this is this is where you we really start to understand if your practice um, means something to you if you will find a way to put it in your day. And so for a while, it was five minutes here and 10 minutes there and like, oh, they're gone. And I can just sit and soak up the silence for a little bit. Um, and then I basically found my way to what I call a meditation. So where I wake up and I meditate in bed and I had to let go of the attachment to my altar and all of my things. Because if I didn't do it right then, it, it wasn't going to happen. And it, that was really the trajectory for my day. Or if it did happen, I, didn't have, I found that I didn't have as, um, as deep of an effect from it. Um, and I really wanted it to be the fractal and the first thing that the first place I went with inside of myself before I came out into the world. So that was what I did. And I used mantra because I didn't need anything. I didn't need to turn on my phone. Um, I, didn't, I didn't need to look at a book or go to a video. I actually just knew the mantra that I was working with and I would repeat that mantra. 
And that's great for a lot of people because um, some of us like repetition, right? Some of us like the, the, the practice of doing the same thing every single day. Um, and that is comforting. Um, some people, however, crave variety, right? They want um, something different every day. Uh, they don't, they, like if you ask them, would you eat leftovers? They would sneer at you, right? Um, you know, you have to find what works for you. For me, it was mantra. And um, I think the beginning of my trajectory into being able to sit every day came from um, a nakshatra mantra. So having my birth star mantra calculated, which was the um, the asterism or the, the group of stars that was in line with the moon within 13 degrees of the horizon, the moment that I was born and passed into this physical form. So it was like this remembrance of why I came here. And so that, that mantra actually resonated quite deeply with me and allowed me to um, use that for years. I didn't use anything else but that. Um, and then also working with the chakras at that time. So if you've noticed, if you've been on Fertile Minds Radio, uh, there are like 30 chakra fertility meditations that I've developed out of that practice. And so that's available to you if you want to continue, like of all these meditations we've done, you're like, ooh, I really like these visualizations of going through the chakras. That's there. And you can certainly, I would encourage you to take that into your practice. If you want a nakshatra mantra calculated for you, that is something that I can do as well. We do on some of our coaching calls or um, in the wellness center when people want that. Sometimes people say, hey, yeah, I just want the mantra for me. So just work with that and decide what works for you. The other two things that are important in developing your practice, other than the type of meditation that you're going to do, is the time of day and um, applying, like doing it in a certain place. So even though mine is happening in my bed, um, my subconscious knows, wake up, make the bed, sit up in the bed, practice, right? It, it becomes this very ritualized um, habit. Right. And so sometimes doing things in our outside world help to ingrain that habit. Um, and I do do two meditations a day. So one in the morning and then one in the evening. And that has recently changed because that used to be at the end of my work day before I came home. And now there is no split to that. I'm home. So it is at night before I go to bed. So I find that I am meditating a lot in my bed. <laughs> You know, I'm sure some guru somewhere would say it's not okay, but for me, it works and it's better than no practice. So what I'm trying to drive home to you is um, B plus work is better than not turning in your work at all. And the only bad meditation that you're ever going to do is the one that you decide that you're not going to do because you can't do it perfectly, right? So this is also not only a time to practice self-compassion, but a, pra a time to practice letting go of our attachment to perfectionism. Um, and just doing what you can when you can and reaping the rewards later. I do do the two a day and I look at it forever. I fought with this, um, but I look at it a bit like the morning is if you are having a dinner party and you are cleaning your house and you're putting the flowers out and arranging the table and you're kind of setting the intention and the tone for how you want your guests to be received and how you want them to experience things. Um, and then the night meditation is cleaning up after you've had said party, right? It's putting everything away so that the next day you can have a clear intention and start again. Now you don't have to do that one, but the next morning you have a little bit of a mess to clean up, or maybe 
because you didn't clean it up in your nighttime meditation, your subconscious processed all night and you had super crazy dreams about your day and you woke up a little bit in a funk and now it takes you more to get back to that, that place within yourself in the morning. So that's the purpose behind doing two a day. So if you're an overachiever and this resonates with you, do two a day, put it in your calendar, schedule it for a while until it becomes habit. And then sometimes for some people attaching ritual to it, like I mentioned, so having it in the in front in a certain place is helpful. Um, some people will say I light incense and I just say what I want my intention to be every day. Uh, it's no different than stepping on your yoga mat and setting the intention with inside of yourself of what you want to dedicate your practice to. You can do the same thing with your meditation. So today we are going to do a mantra practice, not because it is my favorite, but because it's something that I can leave with you and allow you to work with for 40 days. So the concept of the number 40 is in many religious traditions, you know, in the Bible, it's mentioned multiple times. Buddha sat under the Bodhi tree for 40 days before achieving enlightenment. It's almost in every major religion, the importance of 40. And I know that it's something like, I think it's, there's some discrepancy on whether it's 21 days or 28 days to make a habit, but I say go for 40. And you might want to put this in your calendar. If I'm working with a certain mantra that I want to attain something from that vibration, what I will do is I will count forward 40 days in my calendar and I'll put something in there and then it's, and then I'll do a little countdown to it because I like lists and I like to see my progress. So that's why mantra works for me. So if you are on the live call today, I'm going to put the mantra again in the chat um, so that you can see it. And the mantra we are using today is um, the mantra for beckoning a child into your life. So if you are one of my listeners that has already had a child or... <laughs> um, is, you know, like, whoa, whoa, I got enough. Cause a lot of you will come back and still listen to these podcasts to stay in this place of mind, which is amazing and great. Um, you can do, you can use a different mantra. Um, so I'll provide a second one in here. So the one that we use to beckon the child is Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. And if you don't want to use that one, you can use Sat Chit Ananda. Sat Chit Ananda is one of my favorites. It means truth, consciousness, and bliss. So if you're just really dedicated to the meditation practice and you want to cultivate that place within, Sat Chit Ananda is a fantastic mantra to do that. If you are looking to step into becoming a parent, um, there are, are lots of anecdotal um, stories uh, in the Vedic tradition um, that talk about how chanting this mantra with intense meaning and devotion uh, helps to change your vibration so that you can then step into being a parent. So let's get started. Find a comfortable seat, sitting up if you can. And just gently let your eyes float closed. Move your body in any way that it is asking to be moved and stretched until you can find that erect spine. And just gently scanning your body from the top of your head down to your toes, noticing any areas of discomfort or distension 
If anything is tight, maybe just taking a deep breath into that area and then exhaling away the discomfort. Gently starting to deepen the breath, coming in through the nose and out through the mouth. Moving your awareness into your heart, into your rightful seat, back and up behind the heart, just taking everything in. And as you breathe in, I want you to invite one heartfelt intention that you would like to see unfold over the next 40 days. Let that come in and just nestle its way deep within your heart. And then as you exhale, exhale out any attachment to outcome or attachment to perfectionism of how it shows up. And just notice that already your vibration is changing. Then gently invite the mantra to come in. We are not so much saying it is, we are almost listening to it emanate from inside of us, deep inside this part in our heart. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Let it repeat at its own pace. Understand that it will speed up, it will slow down, it will fall out. You may fall asleep. All of that is completely normal. You will have thoughts. When all of that happens, ever so gently come back to just lightly listening to the mantra. Om Namo. Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. I'll ring a soft bell when it's time to let go. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya.
Gently let the mantra go and just sit quietly, taking a deep breath of gratitude for yourself for showing up for these seven days. Whether you have an ingrained practice or if this is something brand new, every day that you sit should be recognized as the ultimate gift to give to yourself. Remember that as you go forward in your practice that the intention matters. The intention is what keeps coming you back to sitting. And if you're someone that you don't think that you matter enough for you to be the intention, then do it for the people around you. Do it for the child that's not here yet. And when that intention is met, shift your intention into something that resonates with you so that you'll keep coming back because the world needs more than ever for us as individuals to come back to ourselves, to come back to this higher state of being, of interconnectedness, of knowing. And the only way to find that is to come inside of yourself. So as you go about your practice and you find days that you fall off or you're skip, just totally going to happen. I want you to examine what that reason was. Is it true or is it just a story that you've been telling yourself that needs to be rewritten? There's a great gift in looking at why you don't practice on certain days almost as much as there is when you come to sit. Start to open your eyes and come back into the place in the room of which you're in. And if you'd like to join me in sealing these seven days and your intention to move forward on your own, you can join me in chanting the universal hymn of Om by exhaling out your breath, inhaling. Namaste. Thank you so much. All right, my lovelies, go forth and conquer. Rule the day. Thanks so much for listening. If you like this podcast, I would love it if you would leave a short review wherever you listen. Your stars and kind words help other women find this podcast when it's their turn to conceive. I would consider it the ultimate thank you. And you might even be chosen to hear your review read on one of our podcasts. Bye for now.